Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Listen, this morning I want us to have a, uh, actually a kind of a family meeting of sorts. Now, if you are our guest this morning or if you're newer to the church, you're wondering, like, man, what in the world is a family meeting? Uh, a family meeting around here is kind of where we hit the pause button. Uh, you know, just kind of on everything that's going on and we just kind of maybe settle in and say, okay, maybe there's some things that God wants to highlight. Maybe there's some things that we need to address that we typically wouldn't address. So we're going to not give a quote unquote official sermon today, but we're going to take a moment and just kind of have a heart to heart conversation. And so uh, once again, if you're new, the the goal kind of a family meeting is pretty simple. It's so that you and I, all of us together, can gain a much needed perspective where we're currently at as a church so we can move forward together in a unity of effort and also in a healthy way. So I'm just asking today as I open up my heart to you and maybe a little bit more honest than what I typically be, uh, I just ask that you would open up your hearts and just receive. Amen? Amen. So let's pray and we'll dive in. So, Father, we thank you that you said in your word, God, that the moment that we received Jesus, Lord, we became your children. And so, Lord, today we recognize that we are a part of the family of God. And so, Lord, today we're surrounded by our family. We have a a single father who is you. And, Lord, we just thank you that as family we have the ability to open up our hearts and to share and to listen. And, God, through that you create a greater sense of unity and a greater sense of purpose. And so, Holy Spirit, I'm asking today that you would come and you would shine your light light upon us that you would actually begin to just speak to our hearts and anoint us as we share and receive today. And Lord, we pray, God, that just where you're leading us as a family, God, that we'll get there exactly as you attend and when you attend it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So listen, uh, today actually marks the the sixth time that we've gathered, uh, you know, as a church this year. Now, that number holds zero significance, but the reason I say that is because a few days ago, I actually felt uh, prompted by the Lord that I needed to go back and revisit the last five messages that we've preached here in the church. And so those five messages were the following. The first one was simply this. We'll run through them really quick. The first one that we preached this year was basically is when order looks different. That message was all about how it would appear like God is using a shaking in our world over the past year to cultivate order in our lives and how this shaking is probably not over. The second message that was preached was the story isn't over. That message was all about how we as a church need to wake up from our spiritual amnesia and remember who our God is, what He has said about the current times we're living in, and who He has called us to be and what He has called us to do. The third message was an appointed time. And the, the gist of that was basically this, is that it seems like on God's prophetic timeline that there's something emerging in this moment. It's kind of like a two-sided coin where one side basically is, uh, you know, a shaking and judgment and the other side is pretty much marked by glory and harvest. And then we preached the refiner's fire, which was all about you and I submitting our lives to God's refining fire so that we could prepare ourselves as a spotless bride, right? The bride of Christ, which comes only by asking God simply to do what? To search our hearts and actually as He searches our heart, we have the courage to hear what He says and then to repent for the things that He shows us, right? That's that purification process. And then last week we talked about the value of repentance, which was 
basically why you and I as believers, why we should see repentance as an important part of our lives when it seems like so much of the church is devaluing repentance. We actually need to value it and see it as important because repentance actually boils down to the single thought that allows you and I to have a pure heart before our God. And the Bible says clearly those who are pure in heart shall see God and not only shall they see God, but also that guess what? Times of refreshing could come off of that. And we need that. Amen. So listen, with all that said, I want you to know that uh, as a pastor, I recognize that those kinds of messages aren't the sermons that people enjoy hearing. Like, like I totally get that, right? And, uh, you know, the truth is, is most people categorize those messages by, you know, man, they say they're heavy, they're, uh, you know, whatever, they're, they're strong, they're hard, they're gloom and doom, man, they're, oh, no, not again, you know, we don't want to hear that. Uh, you know, it all kind of falls under that category for a lot of people. And, you know, I know this is true because for the past 20 years, uh, every time I've preached a message, anything like those five that we just kind of threw up, you, you know, most people are looking at me while I'm preaching, uh, and their look basically uh, shows like, man, I just said something really bad about their mama, or I kicked their favorite dog, right? Like, man, okay? And, and I want you to know today that I get it. I really do. Because if, if you've taken any of those messages in a mature way, and you've taken them to heart, then guess what? They're extremely sobering. Amen? But, but listen, I need you to be aware of something today. And this is family talk, right? So listen, as a pastor, as the pastor of this church, I have, a, I have a personal responsibility to God because He is the one that placed me in this position. Okay, and, and part of that responsibility, uh, you know, part of the responsibility that comes with this office consists of me leading and feeding and equipping you to be the body of Christ. Now, for me to be successful in doing all of that, it requires me to first and foremost to have a healthy relationship with God. Okay? And secondly, it requires me to have an ear to the heart of the Father, but only to hear, but actually have the courage, right, to say what I'm hearing and what I'm discerning from Him. And I want you to know today that that's not as easy as it sounds, right? In fact, years ago, the Lord gave me a verse that would help me with this because I used to pray as a young man, God, I'll go wherever you want me to go and I'll do whatever you want me to do and I'll say whatever you want me to say, right? And, and I'd set my heart that, you know what, I'm, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to have basically to say things and do things so I have your approval and I don't really care about everybody else's, right? Because that's a trap. And so here's the verse that I've kind of held on to because my flesh wants to please people sometimes, right? So here's the verse that's helped me. Stay true to this. So it's Jeremiah chapter 1, 7 and 8. It says, The Lord replied, Don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. So, so what am I trying to say? And I'm not saying this for a pat on the back. I'm just saying to be clear to you for the season we're in. It's because of this verse, I settled in my heart a long time ago that I would rather be obedient than popular. Amen? So listen, kind of with that thought hanging in the air, I want you to know today that I am not the only person in this room that has a responsibility before God. Okay? Because if you realize it or not, if you know that you know in your heart that the Anchor Church is the place that God has sent you and the place that He has called you to plant and dig roots in and say, this is your home church. And in that process, if you've opened up your heart and given me the permission and the honor to be your pastor, then that means you also bear responsibility at the table today. So it's my opinion that this responsibility that you hold uh, will require you to make a few choices. Remember, this is family talk, right? So the first choice is this. 
is, is I actually have kept hearing the Lord say this to me in prayer all week. And it's this, is that you need to decide if you want to be entertained or equipped in this church. Okay, so, so please hear my heart. I, I'm all about making things interesting. I'm all about making things relatable. I love humor. I love cutting up. I love having fun. But once again, according to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, uh, my calling at the end of the day is to equip you to do the work of the ministry and to build you up in the body of Christ to be a mature believer. Right. So at, when all is said and done and this guy either either goes right, either I die and I get buried or Jesus comes back at the end of the day, when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, that's what I'm going to be held accountable to. And I take that pretty serious. Right. So I want you to know today, if you're sitting here and the totality of your Christian experience and expectation up to this point is for you to feel better about yourself and ultimately one day just go, man, I want to go to heaven. Uh, you know, while I'm glad you're here, I, I need to tell you today that, you know, in doing so, you've chosen to live a life well below what God has intended for you to live. Right? And, and look, when you begin to recognize that, my hope is that you would recognize that it is time to grow right beyond that sort of thinking because he, not I, has called you to be a mature believer. Okay, so, you know, actually David Ravenhill years ago wrote a book called For God's Sake, Grow Up. Like, man, what a great title, punch in the face, but man, it's accurate for a lot of the church. It's time to grow up, right? How do we know that? Because the Bible says this in Ephesians 4. This is verse 13 through 15. It says, This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we may be what? Mature, right, in the Lord. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Not everybody else, but of Christ. Then it says, Then we will no longer be what? Immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown away by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies. So clever they sound like the truth. There's a lot of that going on. And then it says in verse 15, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church. Now, before we move on, there's something else I want to notice about my responsibility and your responsibility. It's simply this. If it's true that my responsibility is to come alongside of you, right, and, and to help you uh, by leading you, by feeding you, and by equipping you, and I'm going to say the next part with great humility. And if it's your responsibility to follow and to be fed and to be prepared and equipped in this church, then I believe it will require you to make another choice. Okay, so the second choice is this, is that you will need to decide if you are willing to eat what's being put on the table or not. You see, when I was a kid, my mom used to put things on my plate like fried chicken, right? Y'all felt the anointing increase right there, didn't you? <laughs> like fried chicken, mashed potatoes and gravy, man, mac and cheese, green beans, and a homemade biscuit. I'm telling you, the glory's all on that, right? And, and listen, and I loved it. To this day, fast forward all these years later, like that's still one of my favorite meals. But, but in my home, there was also an understanding that there would come other days where she would put things like broccoli and asparagus and carrots and okra and mushrooms on my plate that I didn't like and still don't like at all. And here's the key. Watch this. Is I was expected to eat it. Okay, li listen, I have a southern mom. Okay, and my mom was just really straight to the core. Like, I'm cooking one meal. You either eat it or you don't. If you eat it, I don't care. You're going to bed hungry. That'll make you eat some food. 
right? Because fasting wasn't an option when you're six, right? <laughs> so, so listen, why am I saying that? I'm saying this basically because did my mom put those things on my plate because she didn't like me? Or because she wanted to be mean? Or because she was trying to offend me, right? No, not at all. The reason she put those things on my plate is because she wanted me to have a balanced diet so I could grow up to be the nice, fluffy, fluffy healthy young man that I am today, <laughs> right, that stands before you. Amen? So, so listen, and if we're aware of it or not, I just think, man, if we can be reminded that that's what God wants for us to. Yes. Right? Like He desires each one of us to grow into healthy, mature, and effective believers in Christ. Like there comes a time where we get out of the hospital. There comes a time where we quit having an identity crisis. And we just start moving on and say, this is who I am in Jesus. Yes. Right? Yes. Amen? Yes. So, you see, this is why I am... Not only convinced, but I'm convicted to the core of my heart that I'm called to preach the full gospel. Right? And not just the chocolate cake parts that everybody likes. You know, listen, if we realize or not, the, the full gospel has pieces in it that you and I don't like to hear. Man, it's got broccoli, right? And it's got English peas, and it's got Brussels sprouts all up in it. It's got some tough stuff to swallow. Right? Read it. It's there. Okay? Now, so what, what, am I, what am I really getting at? As I'm saying this is, is, man, how could I ever really say that I love God with all my heart and that I truly love you guys if I am unwilling to preach the full gospel, if I'm unwilling to give you what God says, even the parts that you don't like? Right. right? Because listen, once again, my mom didn't give me those things because she didn't love me. She gave those things because she loved me. Yeah. And she knows that I needed them. Amen? You, you, you can't live off chocolate cake and chicken nuggets. Right? And I love that stuff. But it's just truth, right? So anyway, so why am I bringing this up? Uh, because I personally think at the moment there's some of us struggling with this. Okay? And, and listen, I know this isn't everyone because I've had some really great talks with a lot of people. But, but I think there's some in here that, that in your mind you're thinking that you're currently eating what's put on the table. But I'm wondering if that's really the case. And let me explain why I'm saying this. It's because I have a sense that some of you have been thinking to yourself, uh, Pastor, I've heard those messages before. Okay? And because you're familiar with them, you shake your head in agreement and you say amen when you're prompted. And, and, you know, I just want you to know today that being familiar with something and eating something is not the same thing. Please understand what I'm saying. See, for the past few weeks, I have not been sitting here asking if you are familiar with these topics. The truth is, is if you've been saved for any short period of time, you should be familiar with all of them. It's all in the Bible. You can't argue with it, right? And so I'm not asking if you've been familiar with it. And I haven't been asking if you agree with it or not. Rather, what I've been asking is this. Are you willing to practice them or not? Like, are we practicing these things? And so I need you to know today, until you're willing to apply what you've been hearing to your daily life, then you're not really eating the food that's been served up on the table for you. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Because, because listen, we've all been there at one point in our lives, especially as we've gotten grown, that we go, okay, there's food on the table and I'm not interested. And we leave it there and we walk away and do our own thing. That's not an option if we want to grow in the kingdom. Are you hearing me? Yes. So if I could say this... Uh, in a clearer way, it would be this. 
If you haven't personally left the church in the past five, five weeks or so with a greater sense of urgency to pray for revival in our region, revival in our church, and revival in your own life, or if you haven't been asking God, in other words, you didn't leave here and you didn't ask God somewhere, somewhere along the line, God, search me and know me. Point out anything in my heart that offends you, right? And, and whatever He shows you, if you haven't been willing to repent of that stuff, right? Because why? Because you want clean hands and a pure heart before God. I, I'm here to say this, that basically, if you haven't done those things, I, I truly think that you haven't heard a word that I've said. Now listen, once again, it might be familiar, and you might agree with it from a philosophical point of view, but you haven't applied it. And so the question I have for you today is this, is man, how in the world will you ever be equipped? How will we ever grow as a church, corporately and individually, if we're unwilling to apply what God is clearly telling us? I want you to know today, it is impossible. Right? Like, I will say this, for the guys that have been walking and the gals that have been walking with the Lord for a while, you know what it's like to literally be in a point in your life and God speaks something to you and it's strong and you know you need to do something with it. And every one of us in this room have had those times where God says something that was clear, but we got busy, preoccupied, or lazy, and we just didn't do what He said. And what happens is, is when you're mature in the Lord, you realize, oh my goodness, I just missed a moment. Like I just missed something significant that God was trying to do in my life. And I'm not saying that God doesn't ever give us second chances. And he doesn't bring us around the mountain again to let us get things. But I'm telling you, there's things that I know personally in my own life, man, that I missed it. God passed me by and I didn't run with Him. Right? And what I'm trying to say, man, God's running at the moment. Will we run with Him? Yeah? So listen, maybe you can go, Pastor, that's strong. Maybe. But, but listen, I want you to know it's biblical what I'm telling you today. Let me show you a scripture says this in James 1. It says, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. Y'all do realize that's New Covenant language still, right? Yeah. It's still New Covenant, okay? So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. What we've been talking about. And humbly accept what God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save or to restore your souls. But don't just listen to God's Word. Don't go, yeah, I'm familiar with it. You must do what it says. you got to apply it, right? Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. <laughs> L listen, I was talking to somebody earlier. To understand that it's, the, the answer here is not coming to church and sitting and hearing a message. The, the, the goal and the answer and solution to our lives is actually we hear what God's saying and we leave and we do what it says. Like, like sitting here today is only a small fraction of really what's happening in your life. It's what, what you do when you walk out the doors. Yes. You know, there's an old preacher that used to say this. It doesn't matter. He said, I don't care how high you jump on Sunday. What matters is how straight you walk on Monday. In other words, are you applying what you're hearing, right? So it goes on to say this, verse 23. It says, For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you, feel, uh, what you look like. It says, But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, if you do what it says, if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then, then God will bless you for doing it. Let me give you another scripture. James 2.26 says this. says, For as the body without the spirit is dead. Most of us in this room have been to a funeral at some point. We understand the context that he's saying there. Then he says this. So faith without works or faith without a responding action is dead also. In other words, it's fine that you're familiar with it, but what are you doing with it? Right? 
So listen, it's been my experience, far too many Christians don't live a life of faith because of this simple reason. It's because they're too busy waiting on a feeling to convince them that they should do something with what they're hearing. Right? And this not only causes, in other words, when we depend on a feeling, on a hyper emotion there, if we're waiting on that, then guess what? That means we'll fall into the trap where we just become hearers of the word, or hearers only. And what happens is, once again, we'll miss out on the things that God's trying to do in our life and what He's trying to accomplish in our life. So I want to, I want to present a simple thought to you today, kind of with all that said. It is what would happen if we decided by faith, by faith, that just maybe God is really telling us some things at this moment? Yeah. Like, what if He's really speaking, right? And if that's the case, then maybe we don't need to wait on a feeling to push us to a deeper interaction with God, where we actually begin to say, search, our, search my heart, God, right? So that I can cultivate in myself a, a heart of repentance. Because here's the truth, gang, is, at least I, I can speak for me, I cannot speak for you. If I personally waited for some feeling to come before I prayed, I want you to know I'd probably pray about twice a year. Because <laughs> I don't get a lot of feelings. There's things I just kind of know, but I don't, I don't have a lot of feelings, right? And I feel like, man, my wife could say amen right there. Um, <laughs> So, so, but it's that, man. I don't, I don't feel some, you know, people talk about, hey, man, I felt this strong urge, do this strong urge. I, I very rarely have that. I just know what the Word says, and I do it, right? And I just think, man, if we can maybe stop for a second, because I believe, you know, I believe our agreement to step out in faith uh, with what we are currently hearing will be enough to get the spiritual ball rolling. So let me show you why this step of faith is so critical. Look at Hebrews 4 with me. It says, for we have heard the good news of deliverance just as they did. What's he talking about? He's saying there was two crowds of people hearing the same message. One had faith, one didn't have faith. He says, yet they didn't join their faith with the word. Instead, what they heard didn't affect them deeply. Why? Because it didn't move them to action, right? It stirred their emotions. For they doubted, or they second-guessed. Is that God? Is that not God? Right? And then it says, verse 3, it says, for those of us who believe... Faith activates the promise, and we experience the realm of confident rest. Let me say it another way. For those of us who have faith, right, that faith, not that feeling, activates the promise of God. In other words, what we know that He's saying, and guess what? It helps us step into what God is doing. Yes. Yes. So let me bring this full circle. All I'm saying really today is this, is that I have responsibility to God, but guess what? So do you. Yes. Right? And I just believe we can both take that responsibility is serious and trust God enough to step out in faith, then we'll be blown away what God can and will do among us. Right. Yes. Amen? Amen? So, all right, let me shift gears because before we get out of here today, I want to, I want to hopefully bring some more perspective to where I think we're currently as a church and where God's leading us, okay? And uh, to do that, actually, I want to hit the rewind button. For a lot of you guys in this room, it will mean nothing to you. Some of you will mean something significant. But, but it's simply this, is that uh, five and a half years ago when Jennifer and I moved here, at, th at that time, this church uh, in many ways resembled, this is my words, that basically it resembled a, like a medical tent in a war zone. What I mean is there was a lot of great people, but a lot of wounded people, okay? 
And, and before we got here, because God's so faithful to prepare, prepare you to let you know what you're walking in, He gave us a few directives, and those directives were pretty simple. The first thing He said was, you need to love the people. The second thing He said is, you need to teach the Word. The third thing He said was simply this, is guess what, you need to move slow, don't be hasty. And, and, you know, looking back, you know, not just the two of us, but the leadership team as well, uh, you know, I would say we certainly didn't do all of those things in a perfect way, but we did them to the best of our ability. And so, listen, in an attempt to obey the word of the Lord, the things that we knew God was speaking, we spent a significant amount of time not just uh, teaching, but also modeling the first couple of years these things. We talked a lot about uh, what a healthy community of believers looks like. We talked about what a true disciple of Christ looks like. We talked about our identity and purpose in Christ. We talked about how to walk in spiritual disciplines. We talked about prayer. We talked about, we talked about all those practical things. Then we talked about having actually faith to believe what Jesus provided for you. Man, that you can have it. In essence, what I'm saying is and there's a bunch of other stuff, but at the end of the day, we were simply trying to hear God, and we were trying to speak to the things and declare life over the things that were out of order so they could come into order. And so, listen, even though we, and I know this, even though we have a still a long way to go for some things that God has put in our heart as a leadership team, uh, to look around now and see the spiritual health and the life that's flowing in this place is nothing short of a miracle. Okay, once again, may mean nothing to you, but if you've been here since the beginning, you know it was a miracle, okay? And I can honestly say that I personally love the community that's emerging. I love the culture that's emerging here. And it's so awesome to see all the things that God's doing in our worship team. Like, there's things that I prayed five years ago that's happening now. That's exciting, right? And to go, man, what God's doing in the children's ministry, what He's doing to cultivate, you kind of go on and on and on. But my point is this, is that God's been faithful to restore and to heal just like He said He would. It's a process, right? So here's why I'm bringing all that up. Because for some of us that have been here for a while, on one hand, we got a whole lot to uh, rejoice about, a whole lot to celebrate about. But, but I think where we're currently at this moment, we got to recognize that God didn't heal us and get us whole and go, hey, here's some life for no reason. Yeah. Right? And so we need to actually go, you know what? We need to stop for a minute and go, okay, God, yes, we understand the celebration piece, but man, we need to ask God, what's next? Like, God, what's next? What are you wanting to do in this church? What do you want to do in our lives as a collective family, right? And, and this is where I want to close today, okay? Be, because in one sense, you know, I can't stand up here and tell you I know every detail about what's about to happen. I have no clue, okay? There's pieces I get. There's pieces I discern. But, but the, strong, the strongest thing I sense in my heart is this. The words I'm hearing is that we are just getting started. That's great news, right? That we are just getting started. Now, you know, if I can say this, though, as exciting as that part is, at least to me, I can say at the same time, guess what? I, I know that I know that I know at an equal sense that our future will largely hinge upon our ability to embrace the current season we're in. Yep. Let me give that to you in Barney terms, okay? In other words, if we, don't get, if we don't let God do what He's trying to do now, we're not going to get to where He wants us to go. Right. We're going to miss the moment, okay? So let me show you the portion of Scripture that, that God's connected to this because a uh, high majority of time when God speaks to me, he gives me a verse, connect with it, builds my faith and go, I can go, okay, that's my anchor in that. I can believe right there. I can believe that scripture. Here's the scripture. It's out of Joshua 3. This is basically when the transfer of leadership went from Moses to Joshua 
And God said all those cool things. Joshua, if you're strong and courageous, I'll be with you. Uh, you know, you'll be successful. And, uh, you know, anyways, he just said, look, you'll, you'll overtake the land. And so fast forward to chapter 3. It came time for them to actually uh, step across the Jordan and go take the land. It says this in Joshua 3, 1. Y'all, please don't miss this. If you haven't heard anything today, hear this, please. It says, Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. I'm going to pause here for a moment. The Ark of the Covenant was the very thing that represented the presence of God to the Israelites. It's important for us to remember. Okay? Then it says in verse 4, Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. And I'm here to tell you today that I believe God is about to take us somewhere uh, that, that we've never been before. And listen, I believe it's really important that we follow His presence and we follow His leading and we stay grounded in the Word in the process. Amen? So then it says this, Stay about half a mile behind them. Keep a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Now here's the part that I want us to get to. This is the part that's ringing. It says, Then Joshua told the people, Purify, which means sanctify or consecrate yourself. Why? For tomorrow, for in your future, the Lord will do great wonders among you. That's the verse. So I want you to see something there. There's a responsibility once again on our part. And then God says, you know what? I will be faithful to those who have been faithful. Right? And so if you can, just notice today that they couldn't move into their next season. They couldn't move into their next piece of their destiny until they had consecrated or purified themselves before the Lord. Now, please understand when you hear that today, I'm not, I'm not pulling one instance out of the Bible and saying, yeah, there it is. Uh, not at all. There's a pattern in the Bible that literally repeats itself again and again and again with God basically calling His people to something. They consecrate themselves and then they move forward into a greater piece of their destiny. And, and what I'm trying to tell you today is this, is that, you know what, if that has been repeated through history with God's people, what makes us think we're going to be any different? Right? So, so if I can maybe land this thing uh, with a few thoughts. The first one is this, and this may be, be to some of you guys chagrin, but, it, but it's this. It's very clear to me that God has us in a theme at the moment. Right. It's very clear that He's speaking. And I'm saying that because I'm trying to get you to understand we're not budging until, until we, that ark moves, we're not moving. Right? <laughs> right? And so we're going to sit on this, and we're going to literally say, God, we hear you, and we're going to do what we need to do to consecrate ourselves. Okay, we're gonna, we want to be holy and we want to be pure before you. We want to expose every area of our lives and we give you, you know, give you full permission to step in and bring order to where you want to bring order, right? So let me give you a quote because, because there's some of us in here, and I'm encourage all of us to, to start praying that God would bring revival, right? And I know there's different opinions on all that. It really doesn't matter to me, okay? But, but revival is simply this, when God shows up. In fact, as one person, I heard him say, revival is when God gets tired of being misrepresented, so he shows up. <laughs> okay, so that's it. We're just basically, when I say revival, we're, we're, we're praying and believing for God to come with his power and his glory. What we read in the book, that we'll actually experience it. Yes. Okay, this isn't a history book. <clears throat> okay, this isn't God used to do that, and he stopped. Same yesterday, today, and forever, and we want to see some of that. Yes. Right? So... So let me give you this quote, okay? This actually comes from Gordon Lindsay, and it's in a book that he wrote called uh, They Saw It Happen. 
And it's about three guys, the book is. It's about Charles Price, it's about Raymond T. Ritchie, and about a guy named Evan Roberts. And Evan Roberts is a young man that God used tremendously on, and basically in the country of Wales to bring revival. It was a credible outpouring of God's Spirit. But, but he was quoting Evan Roberts in a sermon, and he said this. said that Evan Roberts spoke on the uselessness of praying for the fire of heaven to fall. In other words, we can get here and we can pray and pray and pray and pray and ask God to send the fire, send the fire, send the fire. But he's saying it's useless, it's pointless. What? When the altar is unbuilt and the sacrifice is unprepared. Please let that sink deep. It does us no good to go, God, please send a fire when we haven't built the altar for Him to come in our homes, in our lives, and even physically here in the church. I keep hearing the Lord say, restore the altar. And, uh, and I'll just say this, and, and to understand that there's an altar, but every altar is designed for a sacrifice. And so often we as the church, because as Christians, we don't like to feel uncomfortable, but we need to remember God's very comfortable in our uncomfortableness. Okay? It's not about our comfortability. Okay? And so often, because we don't like feeling uncomfortable, we look for something else to be the sacrifice. In fact, what we've done is, Jesus, you remember, you did that. You were the sacrifice. We put it all on Him. But my Bible and your Bible says in Romans 12, 1, says in view of God's mercy, in view of Jesus' sacrifice, guess what? In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your spiritual act of worship. It's our responsibility, right? And so, and so instead of looking for some other sacrifice to come, why don't we just say, Jesus, I'm willing. I'm willing, right? Is that scary? Yes. But man, the glory on the other side is worth it. Amen? Amen. So let me land with this. Over the past couple years, you guys have been incredibly faithful to go, okay, we'll trust you, country boy, we'll go. Okay, and, and as a churchman, um, We've seen some pretty cool things. God's done some amazing things. And all I'm doing really this morning is asking you, man, would you please be willing to go again? Would you be willing to move again and prepare an altar and become a sacrifice instead of shying away and running from it, knowing, going, oh, that's going to be preached. I'm not coming, right? Instead, go, you know what? I'm going to be mature, and I'm going to press in because I trust Jesus, and I know He loves me. Right? And I'm going to be obedient, and I'm going to believe that as I'm obedient, He's going to lead me and prepare me and consecrate me to be a person who's set apart for His purpose. Yes. Yes. Are hear me today? Please hear my heart. Okay, so in that, once again, it comes back to those two points. Do you want to be entertained or equipped? Right? And do you want to eat the food that's on the table? And in my heart, Jesus, yes. Yes, because here's what you're missing. I have to eat it before you eat it. Because all I am is the mailman here. Okay? So i got to have my own stuff in the closet where I'm working and Jesus is talking to me. And, and you know what? I've been on my face crying and repenting too. I've changed a lot of things about my life in the past few weeks. Things that most people go, well, that's not sin. No, 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 no. Jesus saying, hey, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Flesh is screaming, but it's going to be worth it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you once again for the opportunity to be family and I thank you for the opportunity to be open and honest and Lord sometimes we realize that open and honest conversations are not easy to hear uh, but Lord the truth is is so often where oh things about you that we run from are really the areas that cause us to grow the most and so Lord we choose today not to shy away not to run but God we choose to press in 
And God, we simply choose to have a yes in our hearts for what you're doing in this house, in this church. God, we're not really, uh, you, you know, so easy to pay attention to what you're saying in other churches and other parts of the country. But the bottom line is, God, is you placed us here. So God, what are you saying here? What do you want to do in this region, in this church, in our families, in our lives? And Lord, I just pray, God, that we would have the courage once again, God, as we've talked about for weeks now, to step into that refiner's fire. And God, we simply say today, consecrate us, God. We want to be holy. We want to be pure. Because Lord, we do believe that tomorrow in our future, you want to do wonderful things. Lord, we do believe that you're going to do things that are going to cause us to stand in awe and wonder because you're an incredible God. And so, Lord, today we just say we believe that you're still alive, you're still moving, you still have all power. And, Lord, we just simply say, God, we want to see it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Bless you guys. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.